All right, we are live. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, we will wait just a few minutes to have more of our friends join. But meanwhile, and uh, I know a lot of you already know this because I say it all the time, but on the podcast, I like to invite people that I just love and admire, and I feel like we can all learn from them. So long story short, Parisa and I met at numerous events in the space and we just hit it off right away. She just has one of those personalities that is uh, the best. <laughs> so uh, I think we was Tel Aviv, we were at a dinner together and I was like, oh my gosh, if you can make the time, I bet the audience would just have so much to learn from you. So that was history. And I always like to do this, Parisa, if you can tell the audience, and we only have two minutes, so you actually can start because we will uh, send a replay and whatnot. If you can tell everyone a bit about yourself, um, I think that's, that's better so they can learn who you are, what's your background and what's your superpower. Oh, okay. Hi, everybody. It's exciting to be on Anka. I'm so happy to join you today on this show. I think um, when we met back in, I don't even know the first time that we met, but when we really sat down and chatted in Tel Aviv, I think, um, you know, your colors showed so brightly. So I'm excited to join you on here. Um, but about me, I'm Parisa, guys. It's nice to meet you if I haven't met you virtually. So um, I am from Colorado. Uh, born and raised here in America, and I own an agency called Nobler Media. And we opened about four years ago. And from that point, we started more so in events and marketing. And that was October 2019, right before the pandemic. So events all got squashed, canceled. A lot of my contracts got canceled. So I started to focus more on the marketing side. And doing freelance work, writing for um, some different consultancies, different clients in different industries. And that kind of snowballed and they asked me to write their book and then new doors started opening. So it's like that adversity of the pandemic kind of pushed me out of what I thought I was supposed to do and into what I know I'm supposed to be doing now, which is um, ultimately helping people tell their story um, to put it at a high level. And today we're focusing a lot on, you know, helping people build their personal brand um, and ultimately tell their story and position themselves as an authority in their, in their business. But I have to say this all comes second to my sweet, amazing family. Cause I have uh, two amazing little babies, uh, Xander and Aviana. They're four and two years old. So it's a busy house and um, a lot of you might know my husband, Josh Noble. So he is my better half. And between the two of us, we're, you know, working through the day. And then at night, we're, we're trying to be super parents. So, um, and I know you know a lot about that too, Anka. <laughs> you are super parents. You're not just fine. You, you really are. So I really look up to you, to you guys for that. And I, I wanted to ask you, we'll, we'll dive right in. Um, uh, you mentioned this before, and I would love for you to share uh, more about thought leadership and how it can help you grow your business, because I know that's something, uh, you know, you mentioned before. And if you can expand a bit on that, it would be so helpful for the audience. Sure. So 
essentially thought leadership, when you hear that term, it's, it's what, what you think it is. It's the, the stepping out, sharing that expertise with the world, whether that be through social, through, um, you know, through video, through podcasts, et cetera. So that is what has been historically today. It's so saturated. Like there's so many gurus, if you will. Um, so it's taken a different form. And now we look at thought leadership more so as what's your angle? How are you positioning the information that's out there? Because you could say, for example, this apple is red, right? But you could also position it as something like everywhere around you, you have all sorts of colors that are created through these pigments and your brain registers it depending on the light that hits that pigment. So you see this apple as red, but ultimately it's just because of the light that hits it. So you're saying the same thing, but you're saying it in a different way. And I position this first to share that because I think ultimately that is what sets you apart when you start stepping into thought leadership is how you share it. But then you look at how it grows your business. And that I want to back into because when you talk about buyer behavior, ultimately people. I'm so sorry. I don't want to interrupt. We are right on. And I think we are not live on Facebook yet, just on YouTube. So okay. give me just a second because I had like 20 messages like, I want to hear this. Why are we not live? So give me just a second for us to do that. Guys, worst case scenario is just five minutes in. Worst case scenario, I promise we will just pause and start from the beginning on Facebook. So don't worry. We got this. There we go. I can start telling jokes if you want. That would be good. <laughs> like, while I'm doing this, uh, we were on, I was at an event in uh, Colombia and my slides just went, yeah, we are good. Oh, no. So I was at this show in Colombia and my slides just died. And long story short, I started playing salsa with some of the audience. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. We, we are good. Thank you guys. I'm sorry about that, but I'm so glad you guys told me because I know a lot of you prefer Facebook over YouTube. So I wanted to make sure we are live in both places. There we go. But now you do have to tell us a joke. I mean, you, Oh are, gosh. Um, <laughs> you're on the pod. <laughs> no, oh, I only have like silly mom jokes, so I'll, I'll spare you. <laughs> Well, you can you can give us a good one again, but if you don't mind, if you yeah. can share just one more time what we were saying about top leadership, because yeah. for our friends that were here earlier, that's fine. We can just go, just go over that again. Yeah, of that. course. So you asked me, how does thought leadership help you grow your business? I think that's where we were leaving off. So I to answer that question, I think it, it's helpful to start with buyer behavior in general. Because people tend to buy, and we all know this, people tend to buy from brands that they know, like, and trust. And that's ultimately why, you know, when you're writing a sales letter for an offer, you're including testimonials, you're including those things that bring credibility to, um, 
to the offer. So there's a way to expedite that. I mean, if you want to build an offer or a business that stands the test of time, it goes with that holistic digital presence. And that's where thought leadership comes in. Because when you look at these large giant companies, they have been able to build a legacy brand over the years with millions and millions of dollars in marketing um, budgets. And they've created to this point, when you look at things like Nike or Apple, they've created a brand where when consumers see that brand, they almost see a piece of themselves in the brand. They can identify with that brand and they have that connection. When it's a smaller company or you know a less established company, it can still be a large company, but less established, that human connection is a little harder to get when it's human to brand. So when, when you look at thought leadership, it's ultimately bring, bringing a face out of the brand that stands on their own as the thought leader, as the expert, um, and positions themselves and shares their ideas, educates people, um, on their, their line of work. And that is in the name of the company. It's an affiliation with the company, but it's also helping, you know, the, the listeners and their audience, because you're teaching them something and adding value while also building your own brand that will serve you through whatever season of life you're in. So I think that's one aspect of it is it's a way to expedite that trust factor, which will ultimately help, um, you know, buyers make that decision to click and purchase when you have someone that is the expert on the matter. And it's not just the brand name, um, that's, that's sharing that information. If that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I was uh, sitting here nodding and it's no secret. I shared this before. Um, if you guys remember seven years ago, I used to hate being on camera and hate is a strong word. Obviously <laughs> I enjoy talking to my friends. I enjoyed meeting you guys, our affiliates, our friends, our vendors, but I wasn't you know, particularly in love with the idea of having to be on camera or doing speeches on big stages. But as you were explaining, it has been so beneficial for our brand, for me to be present and for my face to be out there. And for everyone listening who is not, who, who might think, well, that's not me. I cannot be the person that is in front of the camera or on stage. And truth is for your business in the digital marketing world where, that we are in now, it's really important. I know it's something you can delegate, right? You can hire a good VP or a director that can enjoy that. But ultimately, if it, I think it's something everyone should try to do for their own brand. Yeah, I mean, you were the prime example because you're not only doing this podcast, I see you posting regularly, you're speaking on stages across the world. And I'm sure as soon as you started doing that, not only did you see Max Web see, not only did Max Web see the results of it, but you probably saw Absolutely. growth in your own brand and your own impact. So it's and and it's impact for the people who are listening to you because you have a message. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a message. Everybody has something that they could teach. It's just a matter of getting out there and and doing it. And that's often the hardest part is getting over that initial roadblock of, oh, I don't like being on camera or I don't like public speaking. 
things like that. Let's, let's, let's press on that, if you don't mind. So it, it's, you said that's the hardest part. What are other challenges that you see when, we, when, when you, know, you try to encourage someone to go, uh, when you teach them about top leadership, what are the challenges that you see most of the time? Yeah, I think that's number one is, you know, I'm speaking to such brilliant minds, but they don't want to get on camera or put themselves out there. So then we take different avenues like like books or writing or things like that. But um, that's number one. Number two, I think, is people have a hard time figuring out what to consistently talk about week after week. You know, you have those ideas, um, you know what you're talking about, but like picking it apart and figuring out that headline that will resonate the most with the audience, that, that is often one of the other challenges because it's like, okay, I've been doing this for a couple months. I've talked about, you know, a lot of what I know, like where, where else can I take this? And I think there's a science behind it. Ultimately, when we help, um, our clients kind of dial it in, it's a lot of it is doing, um, research on Google trends and seeing, what is being searched within your industry. And that's something that's available to everybody. Like you can go look at the search queries and what is trending in your industry. And then you'll see that, that word and it'll open your mind to a whole new realm of topics that you could cover. And it's hot because that's what people are searching right now. So um, there's ways to get past it. It's just, you have to, you have to kind of become familiar with how, if that, makes sense. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. So I don't know. I know your job is so hard because a lot of the people that come to you, um, how you said, they're brilliant leaders. They probably have great businesses. They just, it might sound cheesy, but they probably need to find their own voice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you go about it? I know you're going to share our, your secrets here with us, but how do you go about helping them find their voice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's another big piece of it too, is because you're sitting on all this information and you know, it in your heart that you should share it, but you're like, what do I even, how do I say it? What do I say? So your voice is, it's something that comes to you over time. And the more you do it, the more you recognize it. But I'm, and I'll just say this, I'm going to share our whole process ultimately, because it's, it's something that everybody can do. Um, and you know, it's easier than you think. And it all comes down to starting at the high level. So our whole process of sitting with somebody to dial in on their voice and dial in on their message and find the theme in their message. So you kind of create that mission statement, if you will, for them is starting at 50,000 feet and, clicking record and having just a full on mastermind conversation just like this together. And we record it and talk about that specific topic, whatever it is their expertise is in, whether it be in the personal development space, if it's in media buying, if it's in business development, it's like, talk about how do you do it? Why do you do it? Why is it important? You know, just kind of prying. Um, And once you're able to just get all of your thoughts down in one place, when you listen back to it, you will hear the themes and that's your launching point. I mean, that's ultimately how we take, you know, a two hour discovery session and then put it into a book outline and turn it into a book. Um, and then, you know, 
so so on so forth for podcasts, videos, etc. So it really is just, you know, you think about how do I find my voice or how do I produce all this content? It's very daunting at the starting line, but ultimately it's just a matter of freely letting your thoughts go down on I would recommend on video or on audio because that's where you can speak more freely rather than writing it. Um, and then listening back to it and you'll be able to find those themes and ultimately dial in on what your message is, what your, you know, the angle. I mentioned that at the very beginning that we started talking about thought leadership. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of brush over it again for our Facebook buddies, but I think thought leadership historically, it's been step into the limelight, share your thoughts, your perspective, your expertise. But today, since we're in such a guru saturated environment. And it's a great thing. I love gurus. <laughs> if you can't tell, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's actually though. Everybody's out there, um, sharing content. So ultimately it comes down to your angle. What is the angle and how are you framing those ideas? That's really what's going to set you apart. So when you listen to that brain dump and find the themes, you'll find the angle as well. So that's our process at a high level. I love it. So most people that come to you guys, do they uh, need help with books, podcasts, or videos? What do you see as a trend for 2023? Good question. A lot of it has been books for us. I think because everyone is after that authority in their market. So when you are able to get that title of best-selling author, it just it just takes you up a couple notches. And I think, um, you know, we are in the era of authenticity where people want to know the person, they want to know who you are and they want to know that you're legitimate, that you have experience, credibility. It's, it's those accolades that kind of position, position you in that way. So I would say books for a couple reasons. One is the authority aspect, but also when you write a book, you're creating like thousands of pieces of content. So it's like a launching point of, you know, starting your blog, starting, you know, ample social media posts that come from that um, book. You can even transcribe it. You can, you can do so much with it. Use it as a script to start your own YouTube channel, um, inspire the podcast. I mean, there's just so much there um, with the book, which is why I think that's what's been trending for, for our world right now. I love it. Yeah. And uh let's uh let's say someone you know really wants to build their personal brand and it can be an affiliate manager it doesn't have to be a business owner it can be an affiliate that is you know um we have so many people with great courses nowadays right so if you want to build your personal brand and establish yourself where do you start i mean do you always have them start with that initial call video? Do you give them any other type of homework? Because for some people, it's really hard to be open and say, okay, I'm great at A, B, and C. We have a lot of introverts in this space. Yeah. I think you're, there's a lot of clues in your past, in your past jobs, in your past um, achievements. I think that's kind of where you start because you can also see you know, what has been my brand? Like, what have I been posting about on Facebook up to this point? And how are people seeing me right now? Because if I just come in hot and start posting about affiliate management, when all I've been posting about is pictures of my kids, 
you know, that's probably like too hard of a cross. So, um, you know, it just, a lot of it depends on what you've been doing up to this point, because you want to ease into it. You don't want to just flip into, um, expert mode when people know you and follow you for a different reason right now. Um, it's kind of first introducing, you know, here's what I do. If you don't know what I've been up to, you know, here are the things that we've accomplished this year or like, you know, I'm working on this project. I'm really excited about it. So it's something where you're introducing it. If you're starting from kind of taking your, your social media pages, which is where I'd start first of all is social media posting. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you haven't been doing anything, then start posting bit and bit about your work and about your philosophies, whatever you want to start, like make yourself an expert on, that's what you should start sprinkling into your posts. And ultimately it's, it's having a regular cadence of how much you post and, um, dialing in on kind of posting a little bit about your results, posting a little bit about your lifestyle and who, what you do, and then sharing education. Because I think ultimately our whole philosophy on content marketing for just our marketing clients, it's, it's how can you educate people? I like give away your secrets. And then if they want your help, they can hire you, <laughs> you know? So it's like, tell, you know, share it, teach people what you do. I think ultimately people get a following when they could make people laugh or when they teach them something. So I think start, my advice would be start sprinkling it into your posts. Um, and then always follow like that, you know, post about your results, post about your lifestyle. So you're still human and you create that human connection. And then also, Educate, educate, educate. Question. Is yeah. it possible to build your personal brand without using social media? Um, I think it's possible because anything is possible in life, right? <laughs> I think, um, you know, social media is def it's just where a lot of people are, right? So I think that is, it's a catalyst, but you don't need it because, you could use uh, your your book. You could use your. Uh, I'm thinking about it as I say this, but I think it depends on what you define as social media too. Because if you're only talking about Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, mm -hmm. you can use other platforms like podcasting or like YouTube. But if we're also counting those in as social, that's where it's like, okay, you got to have some form of digital. Right. <laughs> Otherwise. You know, it's almost like if you aren't present on digital, it's like you don't exist these days in business. It's crazy. So um, I'd say it's it's easier to do it through social because that's just low hanging fruit. You know, you all already have it. It's free. That's an easy place to start. And you have an audience already. But I think where you really move the needle is through podcast, video, book. Those are the three realms. Yeah. And those are the three realms where you can repurpose it so easily. Like you'll probably take this video, right? And you'll be able to have it on YouTube. You'll have the audio on your podcast oh, platforms, mm -hmm. um, and you can transcribe it into a blog and then pull from that blog to create social. So there's just so many things. That's why I feel like podcast video and books are the great, the best places to start because you can repurpose it and you're knocking out two to five birds with one stone, you know? I love that. And honestly, I agree because even, of course, anything is possible in today's digital world. It's really important to have a digital presence, right? Mm -hmm. 
know, especially if you want a personal brand, it's really important to go outside of your comfort zone. I know not everyone likes to post all the time. And believe me, you know, we get busy. We have obviously high stressful jobs, but it's really important to be human because people want to connect with someone that they understand someone, you know, they can, uh, they can put a, a, a human face behind the, the brand. Name. And I think that's, that's really important and, and valuable. Yeah. That's everything. I wonder if I can ask you a question too, because I feel like I'm talking to the, the exact exhibit a of everything I'm talking about right oh now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious what, you touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but maybe you could talk a little bit about your journey of how you made the leap from not wanting to be in front of the camera, in front of the audience to what you're doing now, because your presence has, is known across the industry and across probably many industries because of what you've been doing with MacWeb. So maybe you can share how you jumped over that hurdle and then what the impact has been. It's, um, I'm, I'm glad you asked. And I know it's something a lot of my friends in the industry struggle with uh, as a parenthesis. A good friend of mine, he's a CEO of an affiliate network. He owns an affiliate network. So we have a lot in common. We always brainstorm. And I've been trying to convince him to do a bit of public speaking. And I got him on introduction to someone that had, you know, was a smaller conference. And a week later, he messaged me. He's like, I just can't do it. I can't go by myself on stage. And if it would be a panel, I would do it, but I can't do it by myself. And I realized how difficult it is for everyone, not just for me. So when I say I, I hate it or I didn't like it, truth is I didn't even consider it. Because I was always really good at the business stuff. I'm a huge nerd. I was that kid in school, always with my hand up, like I wanted to be liked because I wanted to have the answers. Such a big nerd, right? So when I, I built the network and I saw the need in the marketplace for a network like MaxWeb, I didn't even consider me having to be in front of the camera or having to do so many speeches at so many conferences every year. But someone it, it was a, actually it was a handful of people brilliant people like you that said you know what anna if you have a personal brand if people could get to know you a tiny bit the way we can when we have a dinner i bet it would help get your message across and i was like okay well let's let's give it a try so i did two podcasts and then i did a smaller conference and then um that year i did one of the big ones uh, one of the big affiliate world ones and as soon as that happened, so many affiliates started working with MaxWeb. So it was easy to get over my how comfortable I am with doing this because it meant that my baby, my second baby, because Matei, my son, is my first, but MaxWeb is my, my second baby. And I could see how positive the impact was for me to just be out there and, you know, share knowledge about it. What do we know, what, you know, what I'm comfortable with in a very non-formal way. And I always say this, I'm not a speaker. I'm, you know, I might not be the most charismatic person in the world, but I will always tell the truth. And I'm always going to share stuff that people could find helpful. And I think people can relate to that. They can relate to someone that has an accent when they speak in English. They can relate to someone that is not perfect, that's vulnerable. So I learn that I can just, you know, be myself, tell people what works. And as a parenthesis, every time I do a speech and I encourage you guys, 
because I know a lot of our friends in the industry has started doing more and more speeches, always make sure the audience is going to take something home. You know, because if we just talk about ourselves, it's going to be really hard for them to take something valuable home. And that's key. Same as you shared how your process is. That was really important because someone that's listening that maybe has a job that's similar to yours or is thinking about maybe developing their personal brand and reaching out to you, they're not going to be intimidated because you already shared the big, scary process. You know, it's going to be those two hours of getting to know them, but it's it's doable, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been fun to watch you on stage too, and you can tell how comfortable you are and how you know, just it's you that's up there. And I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of people think I need to show up in a certain way, but like that almost will hurt you. It's a matter of being a hundred percent unapologetically yourself. And that not only makes you more comfortable when you step into the limelight, but it's also going to let people connect with you more. And that's what it's all about. That's what this whole um, strategy is it's, it's fostering that human connection. You want people to see who you truly are, what you struggle with, you know, how you've overcome that. And that's, that's how that trust is, is expedited. I love that. Do you feel like with the, with the clients that come to you, because I can imagine so many people in our space needing to build their personal brands. Do you feel like you have to be almost like a mindset coach or you feel like you don't have to give that much advice? Because I'm trying to envision, because I, I know a lot of people are huge introverts, so I can see it's really hard. And I feel like at times, you probably have to be a bit of a mindset coach too. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just speaking that energy into who you're working with and into and your friends and to your kids. I mean, it's just like a lot of the times you can see the power that people are sitting on better than they can see it because we are our own biggest critics. I think that's a, that's a big reason why some people are afraid to get in front of the camera is because of that. And ultimately it's, you know, you just, for me, it's like, I'm just speaking to them as if they're my friend and I just want them to, you know, snap out of it and go, go slay, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't mindset coach, maybe a little bit. Ultimately, I think it's, also equipping them with the tools so that they feel more comfortable. I think that's more of what it is. Cause I, I definitely try to speak that life into them, of course, but it's also making sure they have, you know, dialing in on their best way. So I'll give you an example. So for some people, they do better reading a script on a teleprompter. Mm. So we'll write them that script, make sure they like give them tips on how to make it look natural, like voice inflection. So it's not like you're reading script. Other people do better with bullet points. So then we map out the bullet points. So I feel like if you go to the table prepared, those feelings subside a little bit more. And that's more so what I and my team do is like equip them with the tools so that they feel as comfortable as possible. And once they get going, then they ease up and it becomes a little bit easier. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. This is a, this is a big one, a big question. And um, I am a huge fan of chat GPT. I know everyone has been using it and we have a lot of uh, powerful opinions about it on both ends of the spectrum. So 
what is your opinion on it from the, the the viewpoint of someone that writes books for people that want to promote their personal brands? Can you really use artificial intelligence to write a book about yourself or really in general? So I'll start with it's an amazing tool. I mean, AI is is it just makes all of our jobs so much easier. Um, and I'll, I'll start with that, but I think it depends on what you're doing. Ultimately, I'll, I'll go back to the first point that I made about thought leadership today being about the angle or the way that you frame ideas. The one thing to keep in mind about these AI tools. So they're created, they're like base code is called chat or it's called GPT three. And essentially that's a text scraping tool. It's scraping all of the content that already exists on the web. Mm. And then it uses predictive text. Like, you know, how, when you're writing an email or you're texting and it gives you the next word, it uses that to ultimately give you the um, answers that it writes for you. So it's a great tool, but when you start talking about it in the, in the lens of thought leadership, it becomes a slippery slope because yeah, you can absolutely use it to write your content, but you're ultimately regurgitating content that's already out there and you're losing that angle. You're not going to differentiate yourself if you rely on chat GPT or on Jasper or, or on any of these AI platforms. Instead, I would suggest use it because it will make your life so much easier, but use it to generate an outline for you right. and you fill in the blanks with your own unique proprietary ideas if you let it write for you, which it absolutely can, and it can write some good stuff, but ultimately it's not going to differentiate you from the next financial advisor or the next, um, you know, person or the next guru that's talking about the same stuff because mm -hmm. it might even be using their stuff, you know, to, yeah. to produce content. So I think, you know, it, again, it goes back to if you're writing a sales letter, cool. Awesome. I've seen Stefan produced some killer sales letters with his, um, like, I think he just did a whole thing about how to write a sales letter using these AI platforms. Right. Crushes it. But I think when you're talking about writing a book or writing um, thought leadership content, that's where it's, um, I, honestly, it probably would be a disservice for you. Because when you think about, you know, stepping away from just books, but when you look at blogs, for example, mm. when you have SEO, so you're using backlinks and in links, you know, all these SEO tactics, they work. That's like the baseline right now, but Google is trending toward a more user-friendly platform over the next few years. So that what that means is they are scanning the content so that they can put the best content match in front of the search, the person who searched. So that means if it is automated content, that is similar to all these other things. It's not necessarily different. So it's not going to rank as well. And there's been a lot of confusion, I think, about can Google really tell if this blog was written by chat GPT? I don't think it's that it can tell that it was written by chat. It's it's the more of the fact that it doesn't have the angle. It doesn't have that new idea, that new fresh, you yeah. know, novel concept. So um, a long-winded answer to say it's an amazing tool. Use it. It will make your life so much easier, but it will not deliver ready for you content. You need to go back and edit it, add your own expertise, add your own perspective, um, 
And what I would suggest is maybe even only use it as an outline. That's primarily what we do is like generate an outline and fill in the blanks from there. So it's yours. It's your content. I, I completely agree. And uh, I actually filmed a Max Up moment the other day, and it's I think it's going to go live next week. And I was talking about ChatGPT a bit because I do love it as a tool. But I said the same thing. Ultimately, it's impossible to just rely on that. Mm -hmm. And it's again, it's such a great tool. But for example, you can use it and we use it every day to make something that I wrote or something that my team wrote, make it more bubbly. <laughs> I know it sounds like such a basic thing, but a tool like that is beautiful if English is not your first language. Yeah. I mean, it's different for me because I, you know, I probably read way more in English than in uh, Romanian. So I usually use ChatGPT to get better Romanian content. But it's joke aside, it's a great tool if you want to switch up a bit and be more bubbly in your communication. But your own words are going to be the ones that need to be changed. Yeah. So let's say you type a brilliant email, you can use ChatGPT to put it through the ringer and say, can you help me make it a bit more bubbly? And then it's a great tool to help you give, you know, an extra wow to what you've been saying. But when it comes to your personal story, I agree, it would be impossible. And even blogs, I mean, I've, uh, you know, we played with it and we tried, it's it's not the same, it's not the same. So yeah. Yeah. use it, it's, it has beautiful, brilliant ways and applications and prompts that you can use. but. Ultimately, should definitely not be what uh, what 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 you you give out to your customers as the final product. Just yeah. I, I saw someone in our uh, friend group posted something, and I, I don't remember who it was, but they posted something. The prompt, the question, what for ChatGPT was, can you tell me about a mammal that is in the ocean and has swimming trunks? And ChatGPT said, no, I can't think of any mammals that, we, you know, are in the ocean and have a bathing suit or swimming trunk. <laughs> and it actually does because humans are mammals, right? But mm -hmm. the way ChatGPT, they are so practical. They yeah. didn't for a second consider that humans are mammals. So that was just a good example. And I, I was glad I remembered that example that you can really rely on everything that's on the internet. And Parisa made a great point that information it's information that's pulled already from the internet it's not someone sitting there behind the computer giving you brilliant new information that you've never read well and that exactly leads to another conversation around plagiarism too mm. like when you write if you fully rely on chat gpt to write a book for you which it can now because they i think chat the new yeah. one that they just came out with can do 25,000 words. Yeah. But that, you know, again, it's scraping content from the entire web. So yeah. we'll have to put it into a plagiarism checker. Otherwise, if you publish a book and are selling it for profit, you could find yourself in some, some muddy waters that you wouldn't have expected. So it's just things to keep in mind as this new technology comes and evolves so quickly. It's crazy to watch. I agree. And it's, it's, it's beautiful guys. And, you know, you should definitely use it. We use it every single day here at MaxWeb. I'm so proud about having uh, something that can help us, but it's never going to replace our beautiful brains on the country. It's just a tool. It's something to assist us on the day-to-day -day, uh, 
beautiful joys of work. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because like you think back to, you know, this is before my time, but in the seventies when computers came out, everybody was so afraid that computers would take their jobs, yeah. but it created an entire new sector Absolutely. that, you know, the IT sector. So it's just right now it looks, you know, okay, there's robots. That's crazy. But I don't think anything to an extent, it will replace some people's jobs. Sure. But I think it will make people evolve to have a new skill set and manage it, manage the software, man, become a prompt engineer, if you will, <laughs> you know? So I think ultimately, you know, humans have this creative energy that can't necessarily be taught to a robot. And we have the proprietary ideas that are our own and placed on our hearts for a reason to share them. And I think only you can share them. Only you have those ideas and those perspectives. So um, like you said, leverage it as a tool. It's it's an amazing tool. We've been using AI since we started. Um, and I think the reason why it's caught so much wind is because ChatGPT is the first platform that's become available for consumers, just yeah. like Google. You know, before that, it's all been kind of B2B. So that's, I think, why there's so much, you know, wind at its back right now. And it's only going to grow. So we'll see what the future holds. <laughs> I love it. All right. So I, uh, wow, the time just flew by. I, we usually like to keep them short and sweet so people can, you know, listen to the, the content. But now you're on the spot. You're here live. So you cannot say no. If someone in the audience, if our Facebook, you know, friends, if our MaxUp community reaches out and they want to maybe, you know, write a book about themselves, create a video or a podcast, can they reach out to you? Oh, of course. If they do, I'll even do a special uh, deal for whoever reaches out. Podcast. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and I, it's so like the audience already knows, like we never push anything that we don't believe in here at MaxWeb. And it was just so important for me to bring people that I really look up to and uh, have tools that the community can use. And I think it's a pretty brilliant tool. If you guys are trying to build your personal brand, writing a book, it's honestly, how cool is that, right? To have your own expertise out there and Carissa and her team can help with that. Um, maybe you just want to work on a podcast or a video. They can help with that too. So as a parenthesis, what is the best way for the audience to be able to reach out? Uh, I would say if we're friends on Facebook, you can just message me. Um, okay. Otherwise, my email, is, you could reach out to media at nobelier.com. Amazing. N-O-B-L-E-E-R. If you don't mind, we're going to put that in the comment section so that anyone who's watching this, it's going to be on YouTube and Facebook. We'll put that in the comments and just make sure you say you're a MaxWeb, you know, partner, and then the team will take good care of you. Yes, absolutely. All right. And one more thing, I know I always say this and then I end up asking five more things. Uh, joke aside, let's pretend someone is going to scroll to the end of the podcast and they just want to hear the conclusion of our brilliant talk today. Can you just summarize or in two minutes, give us something that you want the audience to really take home with them, like to write down and have it useful for the rest of their day? Sure. All right. So I'd say thought leadership is your key 
to expediting the trust factor with your audience. So if you start from zero and you just start posting more about your work and your expertise, that's a great place to start. All that matters is that you start regardless of your fears of that holds you back. If you don't like getting in front of the camera, if you don't like putting your name out there, you can do it anonymously through different methods. But all you need to do is just start putting your ideas down and sharing them because not only will it help you find fulfillment in sharing your message, but it will help you grow your business and it will help you build your own personal brand regardless of what season of life you go through going forward. Um, I'd say the three places to really focus on are podcasts, videos, and books. So start a podcast, start making videos or, and, or write a book. And I say that because those three content pieces can be repurposed into countless pieces of content. And it's the fast track to building your authority in your space because you can transcribe a podcast and a video to turn into a blog. You can use the video of the podcast and turn it into a video. You can use the audio of the video and turn it into a podcast. If you create a book, you can literally create content for the next year. Um, so those are your three launching points if you're really serious about it is to do one of those things because then it makes the rest of it very simple. So whether you start there or you simply start posting more on social media, share what you know. I think not only will it be beneficial to you, the company you work with, um, but it's also something that will bring you joy and fulfillment as well. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Thank you for agreeing to help our community. If anyone reaches out, we really appreciate that. And uh, after our talk today, I'm seriously considering writing a book. I mean, you guys have always been professional staff, right? So I will think about that because it would be really fun and I would I would love to to do that. But thank you so much for taking the time. I know how busy you are, so I appreciate you so much for uh, talking to us today. Oh, it was an honor. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And for everyone who has been listening to us on Google, Apple, or any of the you know favorite podcast channels, make sure to come back to YouTube or Facebook so you can put a face, you can put a the face with a beautiful name here. So <laughs> if you're just listening in, make sure you tune, leave a comment. If you have any questions, we will uh, track Parisa down and get any answers for you. And again, thank you so much and have a fantastic day. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.